You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of RedLegNation.com. Hello there, Reds fans. Welcome back to the Red Leg Nation Radio podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. Thanks for joining us again today. Our favorite guest on the podcast is back uh, once again, uh, Bill Lack, one of our editors at Red Leg Nation. How are you doing today, Bill? I'm ready to hang Manny Ramirez. Can you tell? <laughs> yeah, you're a little bit heated about that. <laughs> I guess if you hadn't heard, where have you been, first of all? But if you haven't heard, Manny Ramirez has been suspended uh, 30 days. Uh, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. 50 um, games. 50 games, right, 50 games um, for the use of a banned substance. So uh, tell us, Bill, what's your perspective on that? Well, I mean, I just I don't have a whole lot of pity on a, on a guy. I mean, if you want to get the, 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 the chemical stuff out of baseball, you know, and, if, and apparently they've decided they're going to because even the union allowed, is allowing drug testing, then what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to make examples of people. This is a guy making $25 million, and he, you know, and don't give me this, he made a mistake. He has the, he has the resources, league and personal, so that he shouldn't make this kind of mistake. You do, you live with the consequences. And, and I'll, I have a little bit of a different perspective on it, but to that point, I agree with you in the sense that, you know, this guy's a professional athlete. Any of these guys uh, in the major leagues are depending on their body for their livelihood, which is why they're trying to bulk up and trying to get an advantage. But don't tell me you don't know what's going in your body. If you don't know what's going in your body, uh, you're you know you're dumber than I I would have expected. Because, I mean, come on, you're dependent on that body to to make uh, your living. Uh, you ought to know every single thing that you ingest. Yeah, I mean, I said this on the blog. I I have a lot more um, sympathy for the minor league guys who don't have the personal resources and probably don't have the t- the professional resources. The guys in the big leagues do. I'd be really curious to know what 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 like Matt or, or Logan or, or Tyler think of this issue. Uh, I know Logan touched on it a little bit in an interview, the first interview we did with him, and I can't remember exactly what he said, so I wouldn't want to misquote him. But if, if any of those guys <clears throat> listen to this podcast and, and they want to get in on this thread, I'd really be interested in hearing what they had to say. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I've told you before, my perspective on the whole steroid thing is a little different from, uh, seems like everybody. Um, Frankly, I don't care. Uh, You know, they're all using it, or if they're not, uh, you know, there's so many loopholes that they can get through, and there have been for years and years and years. I like watching baseball. You know, frankly, I don't don't care who's using it, who's not. Um, It's not that big a deal to me. Now, I'm in the minority there, as you can tell, anytime you're listening to any kind of talk radio or watch ESPN, if they're not talking about Brett Favre or Terrell Owens, it's about steroids, seems like, uh, these days. So, But to go back to your point, I, I do agree with you on this point. If baseball is really serious about wanting to get rid of it, and like I said, I don't, I don't care if they do or not, frankly, but if baseball is really serious about getting rid of it, then I think your, uh, your proposal is the only way to ensure that you're really going to get rid of it. Yeah, do you really think Manny's hurting? I mean, he's only going to make $15 million this year instead, or $18 million this year instead of twenty five. Well, that's a lot of money, $8 million. I'm sure you know he's going to That's what really I'm be- saying. He isn't even going to miss that $8 million. Heck, probably most of that was going to taxes. I know, or to his agent who helped him uh, yeah. screw Boston on the way out of town. Not that I mind anybody that screws Boston. I'm all for that. But um, uh, the way all that played out was uh, pretty pretty shabby. 
but yeah, uh, it's uh, what's what's it to him? Uh, you know, fifty days uh, or fifty games off. You know, uh, doesn't get paid for that, but yeah, he's only going to make what eighteen million this year, seventeen, eighteen million. Forgive me, but I don't feel a whole feel very sorry right. for him. And, and, you know, and it's just giving him half the summer off. I mean, that's basically what it is. He'll, he'll go back to wherever he's from and lay in the sun and, and do whatever, you know. And, and the sad thing is to me is this won't even hurt his professional reputation. Uh, now, it may hurt him when, when Hall of Fame balloting comes around, but right. I guarantee you when he's, you know, I, remember, I don't remember how long a contract he signed with the Dodgers, but when it's time for somebody else to sign him, there'll be people standing in line. You're right. Uh, they'll have uh, short memory spans, yep. no question. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think maybe maybe Hall of Fame time will have some issues. Uh, you know, he'll have some issues, but again, that's you that's would far think off. so. But you don't know how. I mean, that, that, this may have all blown over by then. You know, all this, all the anti, uh, you know, the anti-McGuire, anti-Sosa, that stuff may be all down the pike by then. Who knows? Uh, I I do believe that it's going to slowly fade out to where I, th- I think all these guys that are have the Hall of Fame numbers are going to eventually get in. McGuire may have a tough time, but. I think all the rest of them, I think Clemens is, uh, yeah, I think the Clemens and, you know, A-Rod and uh, Bonds, they're all going to get in eventually, I think. It, it'll blow over. I don't think Bonds will. You don't think so? Nope. I think he'll, I think he'll get in eventually. I think his I, arrogance will long live his live longer than his records, and, and it will keep him from getting in. Listen, I, you know, I, I'm not uh, – I've used this term before. It's one of my favorite ways to describe it. I'm not a fully paid member of the Barry Bonds fan club, but, um, you know, his numbers, even before his head started exploding, uh, were Hall of Fame caliber. He was a Hall of Fame caliber player before. That's why I think eventually he's a – I think all these guys are going to get in eventually. Yeah, so, but I, don't you, think, I don't think you can discount the things that were done under the under the influence of chemicals. You know, when you, and, 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 and I'm sorry – Anybody that's, that says I don't believe Barry Bonds was doing chemicals has to be on drugs themselves. Oh, what are you talking about? He's never admitted anything. Yeah, exactly. Listen, we don't need to talk about the past. We're here to talk about the future. Okay. That's what, Let's that's do what that. McGuire. That's what McGuire would say, you know, <laughs> in front of Congress. Um, yeah, it's a. I don't know. There's no answer here. I think baseball's serious about it. Your your proposal's as good as any. But I don't know that baseball's really serious about it. If they were serious about it. Um, Bud Selig and, and that crew knew about steroid use and, and performance-enhancing drugs years and years ago, and they could have done something about it. It's only when uh, you know ESPN started getting interested in it, I yeah. think. Uh, I agree. But like you said, let's look to the future. Let's talk a little bit about our spotlight guys. There you go. Let's have an update on some of these spotlight guys. What can you tell us? Well, the big guy today, of course, is, is Matt Klinker and his his first his start in Double A last night. Um, I listened to it on the on the on the, the internet. And he pitched really well. He he, uh, he gave up. He, he, Francisco got a runner on in the first base with his tenth error of the year. But the first three innings, Matt got double play balls, and he had at one point he had twelve balls. I think I checked, and he had ten grounders out of twelve balls that had, that got, you know that had been hit off of him. Is that the type? Is that the type of pitcher you want pitching in Great American Ballpark? Yeah, I think you do. Balls, absolutely. But he. Uh, he had a good evening. He, we walked two guys in, in, in six innings, which I, my guess is he wasn't happy with that. Um, he gave up a home run, which is the, accounted for the two runs he gave up. But they've got a uh, apparently a very short right field porch down there in, in uh, Zebulon. It's 309 feet to right field. And Matt said, I talked to Matt last night, and he said the ball went about 309 feet and six inches. <laughs> barely cleared. I've seen that wall. It is. It's a. It's the shortest porch I've probably seen anywhere in professional baseball. So, 
So Matt had a great night in AA last night. My guess is that he's headed back to Sarasota today. I don't know when he'll start again. And you know, he's he hasn't been he's kind of been struggling in Sarasota. He's he he's, he hasn't won any games. He he re- realistically could have won three. Um, two games the bullpen blew, and the one game the manager pulled him before he got his five innings in, and he had a big lead at that point. Um, but he hasn't pitched like we saw him pitch last summer. And I haven't really had a chance to talk to him enough to, to know, you know, what's going on with him. You know, we've exchanged some emails and that kind of thing. But hopefully this will, you know, kind of get him kick-started and, and get him down there in Sarasota and start throwing a little bit better. Um, there, there, before we uh, get, get away from Mr. Matt Klinker, I wanted to say this. A couple things that uh, sort of give you some uh, optimism, uh, cause for optimism with him is, number one, yeah, he's probably only up for a start uh, in uh, Ch- in Carolina. But, you know, <laughs> He, uh, yeah, I started to say Chattanooga. I know, <laughs> but, but you know, he was the first guy they brought up, and he got up there and uh, you know pitched well, so that has to impress um, the organization. I think, uh, you know, the fact that he does throw ground balls, the fact that his control has not been as good this year as it was last year, but he does have good control. Um, I, you know, he's he's opening some eyes. I'm I'm real I'm optimistic for him. Real happy that. Uh, he got a chance to uh, perform on a little bit uh, bigger stage there yesterday. Yeah, the two things I don't know whether why if he if this is one of the reasons he was called up, but it was his day to pitch, and they needed a starter in Carolina. Right. Um, but the other thing is, even even the uh, the guy that the announcer for for Carolina last night was talking about how how their pitching staff has struggled to throw strikes. And, and he even quoted Logan Parker as talking about Matt and saying that this guy's going to come in here and he's going to pound the strike zone and, and, and keep the fielders on their toes and keep us in a ball game. And, luck, and, and thankfully, that's what Matt did last night. And, 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 and go, moving on to Logan, or Logan, Logan made a nice play last night on a ball that, that helped Matt out. There were a couple, according to the announcer, there were a couple of good defensive plays that kind of helped Matt out last, pardon me, last night too. Uh, Todd Frazier made a nice catch. Out down the left field line, up close to the the, the foul ball, you know the foul wall, apparently. Um, I I heard a rumor that one time I'm not sure when it happened, but at some point in the last uh, you know seventeen or eighteen years, Juan Francisco made a good play too in the field. I'm not sure if that's true. It's not been confirmed, but <laughs> that old boy, man, he is uh, you know ten errors and five home runs. That's not that's not a great ratio. And, and they haven't even been playing a month yet. I know, goodness. But, but uh, you know, moving on to Logan a little bit, you know. Yeah, back to Logan. He's not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that Logan's struggling, but he's not. He isn't hitting like he was last year yet either. Now, hopefully, when the weather warms up, he'll you know he'll warm up a little bit too. But the other thing that I've noticed, at least in Carolina, is I can't figure out how they're rotating their players. I mean, Logan had a night where he went two or three for five and hit a home run, and the next day he didn't play. Right. Yeah, I saw that. And that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but, you know, he's going to go as far as his bat takes him, and, and, and I have to believe, you know, that he's going to go nowhere but up but here. Uh, hopefully as the weather warms up and maybe the ball starts carrying a little better down there. Well, and, and it's not it's not as though he's really uh, playing poorly. He's had some uh, outbursts, you know, where he's played really well. Uh, it's, he's not been as consistent as I know he would like, but, yeah, i, I got to expect his numbers are going to. Uh, yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's at, you know, 880. 780. What is it? 780. You know, it's OPS, and I'm right. sure he's not happy with that. But you know, I think he'll 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 do better. And and our, our guy Tyler up here at Dayton is is really struggling. Um, 
he came out of the gate slow and, and you know didn't get didn't hit right away, you know didn't hit early and now he's now he's really having a hard time getting playing time uh yeah, he had a hard time cracking the lineup you know there's that issue we talked about last year when he was uh in rookie ball uh where you know they had so many outfitters cracking the lineup was a little difficult and i know he did start off slow and um and i'm afraid that's hurt him because we, every day you look you know uh, see if he's in the lineup and uh, we're, we're rooting for him. Yeah, we are. And what, what what concerns me though is is there was a roster move announced yesterday, and I can't remember the guy's name, but they signed a guy that, that wasn't even in the organization. That's an outfielder. Yeah, a guy was drafted by the Brewers. I saw. I can't yeah, remember his name. and and rather than even bring somebody up from from extended, which tells you they must not be real happy with the offense they've got down at extended either. Right. To bring this guy from in, in from outside the organization, but you have to believe that, that that doesn't bode well for for Tyler's playing time. I hope I'm wrong. I do too. And but you know the one thing about it is that he he's not gotten that many bats yet, so it won't take that many. If he can get on a hot streak, get a little bit of playing time, uh, really pump those numbers up and you know grab the opportunity. We'll yeah, he's got he's got good speed. Hopefully, you know he'll get the ball on the ground, take advantage of his legs a little bit. You know, sometimes I would think I think you know just a lucky break or two and. And you can turn things around, and hopefully that's what happens for him. I got that speed, maybe some havoc down there in Dayton. Absolutely. Get some havoc going in Dayton. There you go. All right. Well, let's talk about the big league club here real quick, if we could. Uh, you know, the the most interesting storyline of the first couple weeks, or the last couple weeks, I guess I should say, uh, not counting the recent Bronson Royal debacle against uh, Milwaukee, but the pitching. Goodness, um, it's been better than a lot of us could have hoped for. What are your thoughts about the pitching staff? Well, you know, everybody from Chris Welsh to, to guys that don't know anything like me, you know, expected this team to, to live and die on their pitching staff this year. We all knew that they were going to struggle for runs. I don't think that surprised anybody. I, I think we're, you know, I think everybody's surprised at how well Johnny Cueto's thrown so far. I mean, his ERA's under two, for goodness sake. But... Uh, if they could get if they could get Arroyo be consistent from one one start to the next and, and Owens is a number five starter and he's I think he's been fine for a number five starter. Um, yeah, that was a that was a point I was going to make. You know, you look at the ERAs for the rotation. You got Harang at three and Volquez at three point four seven, Cueto one point six five, but Owens is at four point eight four. And you know, a lot of people are a little disappointed with Owens, but you know, after suffering through Josh Fogg and Matt Bilal, I'm happy with a four point eight four ERA out of that fifth spot. Yeah, I think I think somebody posted on the blog or something last year the the ERA for the Reds number five starter was like seven. So, exactly. You know, so we're, we're heads and shoulders above that, and, and you know, and he's and we're only talking again a small sample size. And and the right. kid's thrown one really, you know, he's thrown one really good game. I think he had a, what a seven inning ball game where he had one run or or, or, or maybe none. I, I, I think he gave up one, and that's the, that's his one victory, I believe. He's one in three, and so people look at that. One loss record and say, "Oh gosh, he's killing us." But you know, four point eight four ERA in this day and age, uh, out of a fifth starter, uh, when you consider especially the production you're getting out of everybody else, uh, not named Bronson Arroyo, hey, I'm, I'll take it. You know, I, I was all for Homer Bailey being a part of this team. I still want to see Homer Bailey, who's uh, had a pretty hot streak in Louisville himself. But I'm not dissatisfied with Micah Owings. Other, I mean, even other than Arroyo, every seeming what seems to me every other start, and and Mike Lincoln. You can't right. complain about anybody on the pitching staff. I mean, your buddy David Weathers has been incredible. Listen, uh, he is my buddy. He's my absolute hero now. I've, I've, I've confessed uh, my man crush on David Weathers and his uh, three chins. I heard, because, I heard you wrote him into your will. 
oh my goodness, you have no idea. I took one of my kids out, out of the wheel to, to make room for him. No, he's been, he's been great. You can't say anything about David Weathers. He's been no. fantastic. You're absolutely right. He, him and Arthur Rhodes have been, I mean, lights out. I mean, and, and Weathers has been better than Rhodes. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Uh, you know, Weathers hasn't had really any of those, maybe once, those outings where, you know, he scares us to death, puts two or three guys on, and uh, works his way out of it. So, hey, I've, I've got no problems with David Weathers uh, and the way he's uh, pitched so far this year. Uh, Arthur Rhodes either. I wasn't expecting this uh, much out of him, and he's been uh, outstanding. Yeah. Uh, but you're, you're wrong about one thing I do want to point out. You said other than Arroyo and Lincoln, really the rest of the staff's done pretty good. You're forgetting. Paul Yonish in his ERA of 45. That's true. You know, we might have to we might have to uh, send him back to the minors to work on the curveball or something. Well, evidently he's the third string shortstop uh, on this team because <laughs> Jerry Harrison's starting at shortstop every night. But listen, Yonish, uh, you know, he was hitting the low 90s uh, with his fastball. You know, that's all he could throw really. But uh, I was fairly impressed. He could throw that hard. Well, that'd get him a second chance in the organization if you look at the Sarasota roster. I mean, you got Ben Davis and Jerry Gill down there. So that's right. We got lots of. Uh, uh, former position players that are uh, on the mound. Uh, yeah, let, let's touch on Homer for a little for a minute here before we move on. Sure. Uh, there's you know, Steve Price is a big believer in, in Homer should be in the big leagues and pitching out of the bullpen. What do you think of that? I don't. Have, you know, I, I thought that he should be in the uh, should be in the bullpen out of uh, spring training. Frankly, now, of course, you can't complain with the job Nick Massett's done with his 1.64 ERA um, in eight appearances. But you know, I just I was of the mind that Bailey needed a, after the spring he had, the, I thought it would be a good encouraging sign to bring him up with a big club uh, for opening day. Now, uh, he, of course, went down to Louisville and didn't impress very much in the first couple starts, but he's back to looking just about like he did. And he struck out 15 the other day. Is that what it was? Something like that. And then he had a, a shutout the following start, I believe. So, uh, you know, I, I, my, my opinion is, yes, we need to get him up here. I, I'm not sure who you – who you remove from the, the Well, see, that's staff. my question is, what role do you put him in? I mean, Steve has talked about him pitching long relief. I mean, you pitch long relief, you might get to throw once once a week. Do we really want Homer Bailey up here only throwing once a week? That doesn't make sense to me. Well, that's true. And, and you know, Nick Massett's supposed to be the long reliever, but, you know, he's had eight appearances and thrown a total of 11 innings. So he's not had too many opportunities to really go. Last night uh, in that the blowout, at Arroyo's hands would have been the first time really to have a chance since our starters are going so deep into games to pitch any. So that's an excellent point. You know, if you bring Homer up here, there's no guarantee he's going to get any consistent inning. Right. And, and so I'm not sure, you know, and, and I, I don't know. There's been talk about, you know, his, how long it takes him to warm up, whether he could be a short guy. And, and I, you know, I don't know. There is no a lot more about Homer Bailey's abilities than I do, but I, I sure don't want him to come up here and, and not pitch. I mean, that to me, that he's not going to develop by not pitching. Right, yeah. I think if you could get consistent innings up here in the uh, bullpen, I'd, I'd be all for it. But you, you make a great point. I'm not entirely sure those innings are going to be. Of course, now the, the rotation is not likely to you know, have six, or, you know, four shutouts in six days and right. things like that very often. But on the other hand, we do have a group of guys that are extending themselves out. They're able to go seven and eight innings uh, fairly often now. Yeah, you this know, is kind of a nice problem to have at this point, you know? I, I don't remember a problem like this ever. Yeah. So, and it looks but, like, I mean, the other, and you look at the bullpen, I mean, it looks like Burton's starting to turn things around. Cordero's been really good. You know, we've we touched on Weathers and Rhodes and Massett. Danny Herrera's been okay. I mean, he hasn't been great, but he's been good. You know, he's been yeah, fine for what, yeah, they, for what they ask of him. He's not hurting the Reds. No, he's not. Uh, uh, 
and I like I I think it's good to have a a, a junk guy that can come in there, you know. Yeah. It's kind of a, you know, you bring in a guy that throws 93, 94, 95, and then you follow him up with Herrera, they'll corkscrew themselves into the ground. I know. That's kind of what um, last night on the, the television broadcast, uh, Tom Brennan was talking about. You know, you got these, uh, when Paul Yonish came in, he was talking about, you know, usually you get a position player coming in there and he throws, you know, 80 miles an hour or something, and these guys can't hit him because they're not used to seeing that uh, junk. Of course, Yonish was bringing it up there, and so they did hit him, but. Um, but that's what I was thinking about. Herrera mentioned that was, you know, that's exactly what uh, Herrera does. He's got this slop that he throws well. He knows how to uh, hit his spots, and you know, I'm I'm pleased with his performance so far. Certainly. Yeah, I I don't think you could you could have a whole lot of complaints about. I don't think there've been a whole lot of complaints, and, and there haven't really been other than other than how bad Lincoln has been. Right. Any real negative surprises on the Reds' pitching staff? I mean, Arroyo is Arroyo. I mean. His ERA seven now, but you know, you know, by the end of the year, it's going to be in the you know between four and five. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He is what he is. You know. Uh, yeah. He's going to have bad games where he's awful, and good games where he looks like you wonder how anybody can ever hit him. I'll tell you this: I'm glad we locked up Mike Lincoln for two years. Uh, you know, that's, that's that appears wonderful. to be money well spent, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, Jerry, isn't Jerry Harrison a two-year deal also? Um, or, is, or is he a club option for the second year? I think I think it's a club option. Um, I didn't have a big problem with that. He's not getting paid a whole lot of money. Uh, he can't hit and can't feel, but other than that, he's all right. He plays a lot of positions. He's probably uh, a heck of a guy in the clubhouse. Right there, you go. There you go. <laughs> Let, let's. Uh, we mentioned him earlier, but I think we really do need to just talk at least briefly, specifically about Johnny Cueto because he has been lights out. I mean, we're talking, uh, you know, two and one, the one point six five ERA in in his five starts. And what is, has impressed me the most, 29 strikeouts and only nine walks. So his uh, his control has been fantastic, at least compared to what it was last year. Yeah, I saw him, we saw him at Dayton when he was here. And he was just, I mean, he was very young and raw, but you could tell that he, he brought it up there in a hurry. Uh, the thing that, that it seems to me is he's just becoming more mature. Now, there was an article in the Enquirer, I don't remember if I think it was today that they that they think Hernandez it might have been yesterday. Uh, they think Hernandez has been a, ve- a very good uh, maturing factor for him. He kind of gives him enough rope that you know trying to let him learn while he's out there. But if he thinks he's slipping too far, he goes out and talks to him. Now I haven't yeah. seen him come out from behind the plate a whole lot, but uh, you know something is uh, is maturing this kid. And, and much to Marty Brenneman's surprise, who was ready to write this kid off halfway through last season. Yeah, I was going to say that you were talking about maturing, and, and you know the guy's—he's yeah, still what, 22, 23? 22 uh, or twenty-three? Yeah. And, and what did what was the quote that uh, Marty? I love this every time to hear this. Last year, the kid's a rookie, 21, 22 years old, and what was it that Marty said? Oh, something I—I I, I can't even tell you exactly what it was, but basically he was kicking this kid to the curb. Well, it was something like you know. Uh, Johnny Cueto, you know, ball four again. And, frankly, I don't think this kid's ever going to get it. Yeah. You know, I don't think he's ever going to be able to figure it out or something something to that effect. Of course, we've and, got guys that are ready to give up on Homer Bailey at 22. Yeah, that, and that's been my whole argument. I, I haven't been pleased with the way Bailey was the last couple of years. But, golly, these kids are so young that, you know, it's too way too early to write them off. Yeah. So, um, and, and, and quickly, I want to say about Volquez because Edison, Edison Volquez, because I heard this, a couple of the Marlins – were comparing his stuff uh, the other night in that brilliant game he pitched the other night against uh, Florida to Pedro Martinez, which is uh, that's high praise there. Yeah, 
and I, 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 I've always, I think that, Vol and I'm no big pitching expert, God knows, but to me, Volquez has, has better hard stuff than I ever saw out of Martinez. Martinez had wicked off-speed stuff that, right. that could just make you look silly. Uh, but I think when I think Volquez's hard stuff moves a lot more than I remember Martinez. Now I, I could be wrong. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know anything about pitching. I'm just an idiot that likes watching baseball. But I watch Edinson Volquez, and you, you know, a lot of guy, a lot of opponents say his stuff is electric, and you can just see it, it moves all over the place. Uh, people are flailing at it when he's on. Uh, he has uh, some ability that I don't know the last time I saw a, a Reds pitcher with that type of ability, to be honest. Now, Cueto may end up being a better one in the long haul. There's a decent chance of that, but there's something about Volquez. If he can harness uh, that ability, goodness gracious, he he could be outstanding. Yeah, I, I, and you and I have both said this, and it's been said a number of times on the blog, is if, if you can't watch these two guys and be excited about the future of this ball club, and guys like Johnny, Johnny uh, or about Joey Votto and Jay Bruce, I mean, they've got a heck of a that, – that's four guys out of 25 that, that are young, and appear like they could be studs. Yeah, absolute studs. And that's something we were both, you and I both, in the offseason. We were, you know, down on the team and still, you know, skeptical about what they can do this year. Golly, it's so much fun to watch those four guys, especially every single night. Um, and that helps transition right into what I wanted to talk to you about next, which was Joey Votto. Have you, have you seen anything like this kid as a second-year major leaguer? I just – whenever anybody asks me about Joey Votto, I quote, I quote uh, our, our friend Chris Welsh in his interview with us. When he said, when I when I was teasing him about him, what he said about Joey Votto two years ago, and he told me that was before I knew Joey Votto was a man. <laughs> no, it's you know everything you see about him is just uh, it's like number one, he's got his head screwed on straight, but he, he's a hard worker. He is so serious about his, uh, going about his business, and evidently it's rubbing off with other some of the other players have you know said that he has sort of motivates them to work harder. Jay Bruce has said that specifically, but you know. But you even see like these post-game interviews after the, some of these games. You know, Jay Bruce gets up there and gives his interview, and somebody throws a shaving cream pie in his face, and they're doing that to all these other guys. Joey Votto gets up there and he's got that square jaw and answering his questions, you know, very seriously. And uh, no, I, I can't imagine anybody would dare to uh, shove a shaving cream pie in his face. Although I'd like to see it. So if anybody's listening to it out there and y'all want to try that sometime, I want to see it because I think he'll probably strangle somebody if he did. He's just very serious about his job. And um, you I, know, who he I'm, reminds me of. And, and it's not a red, but the way he seems to play the game and the way he's built and the way he kind of carries himself reminds me of Steve Garvey when he was a really big star with the Dodgers. That's a that's a good comparison, except, in, I, in, frankly, uh, I think Votto's going to be a better player than Garvey because uh, Garvey wouldn't take a walk. But, uh, you know, but in terms of leadership and the way he carries himself, absolutely, that's a, that's a good comparison. Um, you know, and... and He's been the offense so far. This team is above 500, and really, Joey Votto has been the only offense yeah. on the team. He's and, been the only offense consistently day in, day out. 20, I mean, what, it, it, with, with runners in scoring position, I think he's hitting over 500. I mean, that's ungodly. Well, every, every time he comes up with somebody on base, it's like, you know, here's, this is a recording. Joey Votto drives a runner in again. I mean, it's it's just it seems like he's batting a thousand because it just seems like every time he comes up. Yeah, the guy running the scoreboard doesn't run to the restroom when there's a guy on base and Votto's coming up. That's right, and neither do any of the fans because uh, <laughs> something's exciting about to happen. Uh, the rest of the lineup, you know, uh, Jay Bruce is starting to come around. You know, his uh, OPS is up to uh, 886, looks like now. So you know, 
Joey Votto or Jay Bruce has come around. Uh, Brandon Phillips, the last couple of days, is starting to look like he might uh, be coming out of his funk. That's well, it, it, he has and to come out of his funk. Bi- and that would be big for the Reds if if he can start if he can get his you know his his bat turned around. But I'll tell you what, and, and I, you know, and I've been very vocal about this on the list is, you know, I understand Dusty Baker's a a, a a player's manager and yada 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 and all that stuff. I said, but how long do you let this guy make you look stupid? Yeah, I agree. You know, he's just floundering at the in the four hole now. Of course, he started hitting well now, so Dusty. Well, I'm not even around. talking about where he's positioned in the lineup. I'm talking about the way he handles himself during the ball games. Yeah. You know, you, you, he, he gets called on the carpet by the by the media and by the fans for, for not hustling. Baker says he's addressed the issue with him, and less than a week later he does the same thing. You know, if that's not thumbing your nose at the manager, I don't know what would be. And the thing is, I don't understand why he gets away with it, and last year Edward Encarnacion gets benched. If you're going to have a rule... It's got to be a rule, you know. We saw what happened in Philadelphia last year when when uh, Jimmy got, Rollins, yeah, didn't hustle, right? Um, and I don't know if you saw just on that same point. The I can't remember the guy's name, but the Twins, the Minnesota Twins, uh, sent down uh, somebody to the minors today, and um, or I made it happen that. last night. And uh, Ron Gardenhire, their manager, said <laughs> he didn't he didn't run out of he hit a little pop fly, carried his bat all the way to first base. Um, yeah, my issue with that whole thing is that, you know, what kind of a message are we sending? This is supposedly the face. He wants to be the face of the franchise, and yet he doesn't get what get. Well, he kind of got called out on some of that stuff, and then Dusty Baker said it's been addressed, but yeah, he let him get away with it uh, the very next day, and then after that, has him back in the four hole again. Um, I will say this: the last two or three games, there has been. I don't know if he's just trying to look like he's uh, hot dogging it, or if he's really giving it a, a serious effort. He's been better in the field. And he's been running out everything, so maybe who knows uh, what's he's going made on. Some unbe- this, he's made some unbelievable defensive plays this week. He has. He has. That's the best week uh, in a long time for him defensively. He's but, getting to but everything. But nobody was ever going to question Brandon Phillips' defense. I mean, he he's there for you every day defensively. And we say the same thing we've been saying forever. You know, give me Brandon Phillips and let him bat sixth in the lineup or something like that, and I'll take that. I'll take him. Uh, you know, but as a cleanup hitter. It, you know, it's, it's not going to work. Yeah, and, and, I have, I, and I have admit, I have to admit that I have a prejudice against guys that the media and the ball club play up to be better than they are. And Brandon Phillips is uh, example number he, one. He's a poster child for it. He's a decent player, but offensively, he was in the bottom third of the league last year for second baseman. Right. You know, let's not talk about he's going to carry the offense. He's simply not. He's going, no, he, be, he's going to be a great defensive player, and you hope he helps you on. You know, he'll help you some on offense. But, but you know, I wonder. You know, you talk about him being the face of the organization, and I've talked about this in a couple of my posts. Is you wonder if that may have something to do with why he gets away with what he does? When your face is plastered all over the ballpark, the last thing they want you doing is is getting called on the carpet. Yeah, absolutely. If he's the, really the face of the franchise, um, you know, Phillips. I've always my opinion on him has been that he's a good player. He's not a great player. He's, a, he's great defensively and, and, you know, offensively, you get what you get out of him. But overall, he's a good player, but he's not a cornerstone of a franchise. He's the type of guy that a good team has, you know, hitting six or seven and playing second base, you know, a, yep. a championship-caliber team. He can contribute to a championship-caliber team. He can't be the cornerstone of that uh, right. championship team, I don't think. Is he uh, better than Brett Boone was, you think? I think so. I or, think Brett or Boone is he Brett Boone? Well, I think his defense is better than Brett Boone's. I think Boone had uh, made some 
he was always a highlight reel catches, but Boone's range evidently uh, compared pretty poorly to everybody else around the league. I think Brandon Phillips has outstanding range yeah. at second base. He gets to everything. Uh, hitting wise, I mean, he's better. He's a better offensive player than Reese was by far. Well, that's you know. Yeah, that's, that's not, not, that, yeah, so am I. But <laughs> but but defensively, do you think he's better defensive player than Pokey was at second base? Uh, you know, I think he's comparable. I don't, you know, I don't know if he is or not because Pokey could, uh, other than that one opening day where he made about 15 errors. Yeah, but that's shortstop. Right. He, he could pick it. Pokey could play defense. Yeah. You know, he one of my least favorite Reds ever in a lot of ways because he was another guy that kind of got hyped up over, yeah. uh, higher than what his ability was. Yeah. But, um, I, you know, defensively, I don't know. Offensively, it's it's a, it's a no question, right. uh, you know, that Brandon Phillips would be better. But I'm that's trying a good to think of a comparison with Phillips with, with players in the past that, that – you know, if you compare him to the big red machine, you know, he's Cesar Geronimo. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not Johnny Bench or, or Joe Morgan or Pete Rose or Tony Perez. He's Cesar Geronimo. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, the guy, he's the guy that absolutely helps the team win. You know, he does things well, but he's not your uh, your all-star MVP uh, guy. So, um, But now, you did say something. I, I think you weren't being com- completely truthful with us. You said you don't know why, you know, Edwin Encarnacion get away with it. You said you didn't know why. Brandon Phillips gets away with this stuff. Now you know you saw Hal McCoy's article there. He Brandon Phillips smiles all the time and he drinks his milk. So that's why he gets away with everything. Did, did you see milk. that article? <laughs> Next thing you know, he'll be on the commercials. Got milk with the little milk mustache. I know it. I know. I just it, it seems like, gosh, it, it kills me because he is a good player. He's you know, but it kills me to listen to you know the announcers and the, these beat writers and everybody. Just go on and on and on and on about what a great player he is. Well, and it's you, just you know the player that comes to my mind that, that and, and, and I have to admit that again that prejudice kicked in with me was Sean Casey. Right. Yeah. Good and player. I was good, good, Casey. Decent player, but but he wasn't a great player. But the media, you know, just played him up, and the front office played him up. And again, the other the other thing was you know they were very media friendly, which gets right. you good press. Mm-hmm. It's smart. They're going to make more money, in the, you know, Absolutely. because of that. Absolutely. Uh, when you're a good friend at a ball club, I'm sure that's taken into account when it comes contract time. Absolutely. And, you know, Casey's a good comparison in a sense. He was one of my favorite players, and still, I'm, I'm a big Sean Casey fan. John Casey was a good player. Never as good as we all hoped he would end up being, but right. uh, he's another type of guy that could contribute to a good team in his prime, um, but not, you know, not the cornerstone guy. Um but, you know, if you got on first base as an opposing player, you wanted Sean Casey to be there because he'd talk your ear off. Uh, you'd have a good conversation. I, I wonder how many times he was told, God, will you please just shut up <laughs> at I, first base? I, I, know, I think about a guy like Jeff Bagwell or one of these guys, you know, that are uh, all business. You know, can you imagine Joey Votto? Joey Votto gets on first base and Sean Casey's playing first base. I can't imagine Votto being too pleased to have to listen to Casey, uh, you know, mumble could, at him. You could uh, throw your uh, concentration uh, off, though. I, I could see that. Definitely. Um, offensively, what else is there? You know, uh, Willie Tavares had a hot start, but he's just uh, he's his on base percentage is three thirty, which is not great as a leadoff hitter, but not as bad as I'd feared it would be. Uh, yeah, but it's it, it's it's trending downward. Yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm afraid of. Uh, Chris Dickerson is Chris Dickerson. Oh, that's something I wanted to mention. Um, Lance Nix. Yep. Um, they said it last night on the the television broadcast, uh, and I, for the first time ever, I agreed with something that uh, Jeff Brantley said. He and Tom Brown were both saying, no matter how you want to slice this, uh, the numbers, Lance Nix is hitting the ball harder than anybody on the team, other than Joey Votto. But he can't get off the bench. Yeah, 
Uh, and I'll admit that I was uh, I, I couldn't see how this guy made the team out of spring training. But right. every time you watch him, he gives he seems to give you a quality at bat. Even when That's he takes it out, he'll take the pitcher five, six, seven, eight pitches into the at bat. He stretches them out. I, if you're not impressed with this guy, I don't know what you're looking for, you know. And and the the ridiculous things that Dusty Baker said in the paper this week about That's sample awesome. sizes and you know what was it? He doesn't want to be a. He ain't no front runner. He Dusty ain't, ain't no, no front, front runner. You know. <laughs> Except We're going to be saying Chris that one for a long time. Won the job on small sample size, you know, on one good season and small sample size. Yeah, you know, my issue with that is with Nick's is, um, yeah, Dusty claims small sample size, but Dickerson's small sample size of last September is what won him the job. Exactly. Um, I, I really want to like Chris Dickerson. I think he tries hard. Uh, you know, I think, I think he's, he's a, a fine fourth outfielder. He is, and you know, he gives you a, a pretty good bat sometimes when he's not swinging. He, he'll take a walk. He's not he's, afraid to. He's, he's three forty-two on base percentage. I mean, ain't nothing wrong with that. Right? Yeah, he's a, he's a fourth outfitter. Lance Nix, on the other hand, you hit on the single thing that really impressed me, which was that this guy goes three and two every time he's up there. He it just seems looks like, like it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, he just he just looks like he has an idea up there what he wants to do, you know. And my here's my deal. I don't think Lance Nix is the uh, answer long term in left field. He's not we don't, he's not Josh Hamilton. And that's who that's who people want him to be and he's not Josh Hamilton. Right. But but the issue is this organization right now, two thousand nine, does not have that left fielder that we need. Right. And of all, all the people that are available, Lance Nix was a you know, before he had some serious injuries, was a serious uh prospect. He was in the majors at age twenty two himself. And I think he has the best chance of sort of turning that corner and being uh, the most productive out of any of the guys we're, we're talking about. Yeah, he's got a higher ceiling than Chris Dickerson does. Do you think, and I want your opinion on this, does he have a higher ceiling than Darnell McDonald? Maybe not driving stock car <laughs> racing or something, but on the baseball field, yeah, I think so. Yeah, maybe in his living room his ceiling is not as high as Darnell <laughs> McDonald. Um, yeah, I mean, that's I, a guy you can't, you can't figure out why he's still here. No, he's another guy. I think he's trying. You know, bless his heart. He's he's busting his tail for years and years trying to make the majors. You, you, you know, you, I hate to say anything bad about the guy, but he's got no business being in the major league roster when you got some guys down in AAA that can handle that job. And and not only is he, you know, in a, on the roster, but you know, he's got let's see, twenty nine at bats. Lance Nix has thirty four at bats. So they basically played the you know the same number of uh, right. They've got the same number they've, of plate appearances. They've got the same amount of playing time. Which is which is crazy. I don't understand why Darnell McDonald, who at best is your fifth outfielder, would be taking away uh, any playing time from anyone. You know, uh, bring Norris Hopper back up here. Let him be the fifth outfielder. He was happy doing that. Yeah, and he's and he's starting to play well at Louisville. He is. I'm glad to see that. Uh, I just I keep waiting for Johnny Gomes to bust out in Triple A so we can get up here and have a Lance Nix, Johnny Gomes platoon in left field, which is not not going to be world beaters, but they'll be adequate. They'll uh, give yeah, us a little bit could, of. If power. you could get an eight eight fifty. OPS out of left field total. I don't sign think anybody complain about that. Yeah, sign me up for that. Absolutely. All right. Anything else you can think of? We uh, we can talk about the shortstop position. Uh, do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> oh mercy. Um, you know, go ahead. Well, and I think we've touched on this. You know, they were asking a lot of Alex Gonzalez. The guy hadn't played in a year and a half. And they expect him to come out and be the everyday shortstop, and he just isn't. No. And on top of the fact that his defense was on the downhill slide 
before he was hurt, before he went through the personal issues a year before last. It isn't going to get any better a year and a half later, and now he shows he doesn't look like he's, he, you know, it doesn't look like he can hit slow pitch softball. Right, you know, 33, 34 year old shortstop uh, with leg problems is that's not a good bet in the first place. I, I said it before, and I, I've said it on the blog. I, I really think the Reds did him a disservice after all that time off. He was barely even able to play nine innings in, in spring training. Send that guy down on a rehab assignment. You know, let him get his legs under him. He, the, it was clear you know, he's gotten hurt again here, obviously, but before that, it, it was clear the guy just. He had trouble moving left to right. He had no lateral movement um, at shortstop, and that, it was killing the Reds. And, you know, uh, Aaron Harang didn't come right out and say it, but you could tell he was a little frustrated uh, that one game where two, three, four balls got through the shortstop in the first inning or second inning and um, caused Harang to really lose that one ball game. So, But, you know, what do we do at shortstop if it's not Gonzalez? That's a good, that's a good question. Uh, I, I don't think Rosales is – well, I mean, Rosales appears to be the third choice. Right uh, or Jan, I mean, Yanish appears to be the third choice. I don't think they're. I don't think they've got confidence in Rosales at, at shortstop, even if Encarnacion is healthy. Uh, I don't know who's playing shortstop at Louisville right now. I don't know off the top of my head. Oh, I guess Valleca is. He's not hitting. No. Um, the guy that the guy that's hitting in the Reds organization right now is is Zach Cozart. Yeah. In Carolina, and and defensively, he could play shortstop right now in the big leagues. He is yeah, that's the best what, defensive shortstop in the organization anywhere. And so if he continues to hit, um, which is sort of the knock, people wonder whether or not he's going to be able to hit, but he certainly looked good so far this year. Um, what about this? My, I've never been a big fan of Paul Giannis. You know? I mean, the guy's a good defensive player, and I'm, I, I love his 93-mile-an-hour uh, fastball. But I've never thought that he's demonstrated any uh, – any, he has no history that would prove to me that he's going to be able to hit them on the major league level. But that being said – there, I don't think the Reds have any options right now for the major league shortstop job that can hit. I don't, you know, Jerry Harrison's never been able to hit except for last year. He was great last year with it. That seems more and more like an anomaly with every day that passes. If you if you're going to be if it's a given that none of your shortstops can hit, why not throw Giannis in there? Because at least the guy can play defense. He's yeah. got a cannon for the arm. Uh, at least you're getting some production out of there, if it's, even if it's just defensively. Yeah, if you're not going to get anything, no matter what you do, if you're not going to get anything offensively out of your shortstop, then you play your best defensive shortstop. Seems like a logical decision to me. Uh, Baker, we know Baker loves Harrison. Uh, you wonder how, you know, just like he loved Corey Patterson, you know, he, he just rides that horse until it it's running on its ankle, on its knees, you know. I, I, and I don't think there's anybody that can convince him that Jerry Harrison isn't going to help this team. And you know what? If he plays the guy long enough, sooner or later he's going to have a game where he helps the team. Right. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, Reds fans, hadn't had a whole lot of exposure to Jerry Harrison before last year. You know, we'd seen him play as an opponent, but who pays, has paid much attention to him? But he shows up last year. He's hurt 15 different times, but when he was on the field, you got credit where credit's due. He played very well, hit very well. And they won. And, and, and they won. And so, you know, a lot of Reds fans, I think, are, are more willing to give him a pass than they were Corey Patterson because he looked so good last year. But the fact is, last year, if you look at his career stats, it was a serious anomaly. And I'm afraid that Dusty, because of his loyalty to that guy, is really going to end up hurting um, hurting the team by playing him more than he should. He's another guy. I don't mind having him on my bench. He plays a bunch of positions, uh, you know, and, and he's a good guy to have around as a spare part. Yeah, if he but was now, playing one day a week, you could, you know, you could, you could live with that. But you got him in short, at shortstop and third base and left field and center field. I mean, uh, you know, uh, and playing six days a week, I I think he gets overexposed that if you play him that much. Yeah, and and you know overall, 
other than Encarnacion and maybe Phillips, do you think this def this offense is going to get better as the season goes along? I mean, Traveris seems like he's trending downward. Now, hopefully, he'll pick it back up. I don't see where a whole lot of offensive, you know, Votto isn't going to keep hitting 370. Uh, you know, where's the offense going to come from? I, I could see some room for some slight improvement. I think uh, Votto will cool off some. It reminds me of a buddy of mine. We were in high school way back in the day, and Barry Larkin was hitting like 700 after the first week, and this guy comes up to me and said, man, that, that average has to come down, doesn't it? I said, uh, you think? Uh, it might. Votto's OPS is over 1,000, and his batting average is 370. Uh, I expect him to hit 300 uh, and have an OPS over 900, but he's not going to be uh, this world beater this year. He's going to be very good, though. I'm, I w I'm not going to complain him if his numbers come down. Jay Bruce is, you know, uh, what did we say earlier, uh, 880 OPS. Frankly, if he finished up the season with 880 OPS at his age, I'm very pleased with that. So yep. he, 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 we may not get any more out of him than we're getting now. I think you are going to get more out of Phillips. How much more is a question. And I think if we can get Encarnacion back, you're going to get some uh, more out of him. He's been miserable. So I think there's a chance for some slight improvement just from Phillips and Encarnacion, but um, I don't see anybody else in that lineup that's really uh, – Yeah, I don't think you're going to get much more out of Hernandez than you're getting right now. I don't think you're going to get much more out of Tavares than you're getting right now. And they're both going to play every day. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if you saw this in last Sunday's Enquirer. John, uh, John Fay had, a, had an article in there. Where he said, and I, and I still can't figure I, this out. I know where you're going. He said oh. Brandon Phillips won't hit 187 or whatever he was hitting at the time, but Edwin Encarnacion might. And I'm like, huh? You know, where did that come from? That, that's the same thing we're talking about about this Brandon Phillips uh, obsession. You, you take a look at their career numbers. You know, they've had a. We're not talking small sample size anymore. Which one of those two has a higher career batting average? My guess Edwin is double E. It's it's Edwin Encarnacion. It's not a whole lot higher, but it's higher. So, but if you if you don't think Phillips is going to, considering that Phillips goes out there and swings at every pitch coming and going, although he's been better about that this year than in the past, and Encarnacion at least you know uh, you know hitting 127 on the year, but the guy drew 13 walks, in, uh, you know, in 19 games. Um, I think you flip that around. Edwin Encarnacion is not going to hit you know 127 all year, but Brandon's might. Yeah, I, I mean, the only thing is. The uh, Ed, if Edwin Encarnacion continues to hit that badly, he won't continue to play. You no, won't he won't able, get the opportunity. You, you can't say that about Brandon Phillips. He will continue to play. And right. I, I just looked it up. You know, um, Double E's OPS is 50 points higher than Brandon Phillips' lifetime. Yeah, and he's and he's younger. Um, you know, and, and I actually expected Encarnacion to have a sort of a breakout year this year, and that's a little, that might have been wishful thinking. We all know he's my favorite red, but. Um, but where this came it, from, from, from Faye, I, from John, I have no idea where that came from. I mean, it was a pretty good article. It was basically, I think, if I remember right, I may be mixing my articles up, but it was about, you know, having patience, and it's going to take a little time, and, you know, but they're going in the right direction, and I'm going, wow, this is really pretty good. And then he came, you know, he threw that in there, and I'm like, huh? It was almost yeah. like a test to see if you were really reading it closely. And, and let's be honest, you know, Faye does a pretty good job generally, and that's why that was just... It's so beyond the pale of anything, uh, you know, that uh, anybody, any rational observer would believe. He's, I just, what does he mean by that? We mean, we mean, Sounds like that. he must have been talking to Marty while he wrote the article. Right, yeah, Marty told him. He just didn't think Edwin's ever going to get it. Uh, speaking, speaking of that, real quick before we uh, sign off about Edwin, you know, and, and I've been the Edwin backer, I'm starting to come around to 
the idea that he's not going to stick at third base. Um, you know, and, and if that's if everybody else in the organization knew that, and I don't know if they did or not, but wouldn't he have been a good answer to that left field problem? Yeah. You know, but if they don't in the offseason. And if somebody said this on a blog the other day. This team seems to be very slow about understanding when it makes sense to move a guy. And and they right. were talking about uh, about the guys in the minor leagues. But you can say that at the major league level, too. Explain to me why Brandon Phillips wasn't moved to shortstop. Right. And that, that goes back to what we were saying. Brandon Phillips, is a, you know, he's a valuable player in his own way. If he were a shortstop, think how much more valuable he'd be. Yeah. Um, because his his hitting as a shortstop would be uh, as good as most other shortstops, not named, uh, you know, well, Jeter's not doing too well this year, but some of those elite ones. Um, I, frankly, I think that Edwin Encarnacion will never play left field for the Reds. I don't think he's going to play too much more third base for the Reds, frankly. Um, I think they're going to be looking to deal him before long, uh, and uh, I don't anticipate him being a, a Red for too much longer. Without Assuming they don't deal him, though, they really don't have another option for third base right now. Uh, well, unless Rosales goes on a big hot streak and people start thinking that he's, uh, you know, the answer, Chris Stein's uh, reincarnated. Um, yeah, I, they don't have a whole a different answer uh, defensively other than Jerry Harrison. Yeah, and Dusty loves him. I mean, it seems to anyway. But, you know, there's nobody in the – I don't even know who's playing third base in Louisville right now. I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I can't um, remember. We've got some. I mean, we've got some third basemen in the system, but nobody that's ready. Uh, the guy that I like best is struggling, and that's Soto, and he's he's at least two years away. Maybe Soto more. Just, I like Soto too, but he just drew his first walk of the season there here the last yeah, couple I know, days. So. I know, I know. He, but he's offensively, he's really been struggling. Actually, offense, uh, uh, offensively, that whole Sarasota team's been struggling. Other than Yonder starting to come around. But That's good to see. The rest of the team uh, and is 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 pretty much struggling down there. The big, yeah. to me, you know, talking about the minor league organization real quick again before we get out, is uh, the guy to me that's the biggest surprise and 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 the guy that's playing the best overall right now in the minor leagues for the Reds right now is Chris Heisey. Chris Heisey, I knew that's who you were going to say, and, and I don't know if you heard uh, my discussion with uh, Doug Gray last week from RedsMinorLeagues.com, but we talked a lot, uh, and I mentioned it on the blog as well. The Chris Heisey, Drew Stubbs, uh, you know, center field issue. That's going to be something interesting to watch this year as as it plays out because Heisey is killing the ball. And according to Doug, you know, defensively, uh, he's pretty good uh, and, and pretty quick out there in center field. Heisey is as well, so that he could he's good enough to he could handle it in the major leagues. Yeah, he Doug didn't play. When I saw him playing in Dayton, he was playing left field, um, and he was good, a decent left fielder. But Drew Stubbs is special in center field, and and Drew's starting to hit at Louisville too. I think his average is up into. The 260-270 range. Yeah, he's hitting much better lately. And, and Drew Stubbs, again, if he can be give us any kind of production um, at a center field, I think he's going to be a gold glove caliber uh, center fielder defensively in the majors. So if he can uh, – and he has improved uh, offensively the last couple of years. If he can really uh, give us anything on that count, that's sort of gravy because he could help the team. Yeah, Doug's very high on Drew Stubbs. Doug is higher on him than I am offensively. Um, but he has he has seemed to be getting better every year, so that's a good sign. I was I was really down on uh, Stubbs uh, a couple of years ago, and then of course you kept uh, telling telling me defensively how good he was, and then it, Doug talking about how he it feels like offensively he's got a, a pretty good clue up there, and he's coming around making better contact. So 
you know, I'd love to see him pan out. But, you know, what about Chris Heisey? Uh, maybe that's your left fielder in a couple of years. Could be. It could be. I mean, he. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in Louisville after the – if he continues to hit, if he's in Louisville after the break. That'd I be think great. I think he'll have a half a season in Carolina. But they usually like to make some – you know, if they're going to make changes, like making them in July. And yeah. you don't know what they're going to do. You know, if they make a deal or something, there may be some spots open up on that Louisville roster. But he's doing everything he needs to do to move up. Yeah, and, and who knows? Maybe uh, Johnny Gomes gets uh, brought up or some some transaction, and Heisey goes in and they bring him up to Louisville. He's certainly making the case for himself. Yeah, the, the issue with Gomes, I think, as much as anything, is that he's not on the forty. Yeah, yeah. But there's a bunch of junk on that forty. They get rid of. If you ask me, but uh, of course, I'm not making the decisions. Well, I don't think there's as much junk on the forty as there used to be. No, no, that's true. There's no question about right that. Right now, right now, the guy that the, the, the if I had to lop somebody off the forty, and I'm not looking at it right now, so I really shouldn't. Is Castillo is the guy that I don't understand? Yeah, they're they're higher on him than uh, I, I can't figure that one out uh, because he plays a lot of positions, I guess. He plays them all as we badly. said. Right. Yeah, it doesn't play him very well. I'm looking at the forty man right now. Um, you know, you know Michael Lincoln. Don't get me started. Um, well, yeah, but I mean, you're also got to look at how much money they've got invested too. So, yeah, you know, as I'm looking at it, there's not as much junk. You're right as as there was before. Darnell McDonald, frankly, could go. Uh, wouldn't hurt my feelings any on that. And probably that's what Ramon needs to happen. Ramirez is another guy that would probably be borderline. Yeah, but uh, you know, we got some younger guys that are like Alonzo, you know, and uh, and uh, who else? Well, Juan Francisco. Some of these guys that. The lower levels that are taking up spots on the the forty man—that's sort of what I was thinking. But yeah, and but you, I mean, you're gonna try to you're gonna try to pull Juan Francis. Now I assume if you take him off the forty, you got to try to sneak him through waivers. You know, so oh yeah, oh that's not that's not an option at this yeah, point. You so don't know I mean, whether he's gonna. To me, the guys looking at the forty that if you had to make a move, if you decided to bring up a Gomes or something, Castillo is the obvious one to me. If if you're not gonna if you're not gonna cut a Rhodes or, or something like I mean a, a Lincoln or somebody like that, Castillo maybe Ramon Ramirez even though he's real young. Um, well, this to, Drew to, Sutton guy that they just got. I think they kind of like him, uh, Jeff Kepinger, uh Light. Uh, he, he got two hits last night. I know he just came off the DL. He had mono. So I, he, well, I think the easy easy decision is. You designate uh, Darnell McDonald for assignment. Nobody's going to claim him. Um, he'll probably accept uh, the uh, assignment to Louisville and bring Gomes up if you want to do that. I think I think McDonald's the one you need to get rid of. Uh, he makes a lot of sense, and, and I, I would assume he's not making any money either. So, right. So they've only got four catchers on the forty man, and I just uh, I don't see him getting getting rid of Castillo because they they think he's uh, versatile. Well, and the other thing is, this organization is is thin at catcher. Uh, it is. You know, I like Craig. I watch Craig Tatum. He's another guy I got to see at Dayton quite a bit, and I really like his skills defensively. But I don't think he's any better than Hannigan, and Hannigan never gets to play. Right. Yeah. And Hannigan, when he has gotten to play, he's performed very well yeah. defensively and offensively this year. But yeah. he's not. He's not getting in the lineup. Um, well, let's let's go out with a, a trivia question that you're not going to have any idea what the answer is to it, and I don't even know why I think it's interesting, but I'm going to run it by you. Which player in Reds history has the most hits while wearing the number double zero? I think I'm the only person that finds stuff like that interesting. But um, and you, you'll never. You can, could have you, asked you, me which Reds player wore the number double zero, and I couldn't have answered it. 
That's what I was going to say. Can you think of anybody that actually wore it? There are actually um, four players that, that have worn it, and three coaches have worn uh, Well, one double zero, two coaches have worn just zero. But the answer is the immortal Curtis Goodwin, oh. 1996 and 1997. Uh, he's the all-time Reds leader in hits with 98. Wearing number double zero. I would never. I, I, I would never have guessed that he had ninety eight hits as a red. I, I, me either. That's exactly what I thought when I saw that. <laughs> the other ones are Kerry Robinson, who made had one plate appearance in ninety nine. Uh, Brandon Watson, who had uh, one game but no plate appearances, stole a base in two thousand six. And then of course Rick Walker, uh for the Reds. He was number double zero for a couple of years. So who there's was that your last one you broke up there. Rick White, uh, oh. the, the rotund pitcher from two thousand and six. Yep. So there's your irrelevant uh, Reds trivia for the night. So uh, anything else before we sign off? That's all I got, man. I appreciate you joining us again, and, and thanks to, to all of you. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Red Leg Nation Radio Podcast. As always, send any comments, concerns, suggestions to radio at redlegnation.com. Um, again, if you, get, if you think the podcast is terrible, the uh, email address is bill at redlegnation.com. If you've not already done it, go subscribe to the podcast via iTunes. Go sign up. Get a friend to sign up. Um, tell everybody about it. Uh, we get more and more subscribers every week, and we do appreciate that. Um, that's really the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode of the Red Leg Nation Radio Podcast. Also, check out the tab at the top of uh, redlegnation.com. you get all the updates and information on that. Thanks again to all of you out there in the nation. This is Chad Dotson for Bill Lack saying so long. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.